Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. Did you know that you have a testimony for God and from God? And it's unique to you and it is powerful and important. Psalm 107 is an entire psalm written by David about the importance of giving a testimony, the power of giving a testimony, and some hints and tips on whether you think you have a testimony or not. He shows you different ways that you may have a testimony. So let me read it for you. It starts in verse 1. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. That is the essence of a testimony. We're giving glory and thanks to God because He is good. It's not about us being amazing. For His mercy, that's the Old Testament word for His grace, His kindness. His mercy endures forever. It's eternal. His eternal mercy. That's the essence of a testimony. If you're thinking, how do I give a testimony? What do I say? The first thing you think about is how do I show people that God is good? Then he says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I want you to just think about this for a second. First of all, this word redeemed means bought back or rescued or saved. In the Old Testament, people were sold into slavery. We know that Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. And sometimes people found themselves owned by somebody else and enslaved by somebody else. And somebody, especially a close relative or somebody who loved them, could come and redeem them, which means pay the price and buy them back and set them free. And that's what redeemed means. And he says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We have a responsibility. So the first reason we must give a testimony is because God commands it. He says to you and to me, are you redeemed? Have I bought you back from the hand of the enemy? Did you have a cruel slave master called the devil who would whip his whip and say sin and you said yes sir and you sinned even though it was painful and you knew that it would hurt you if we've been redeemed from the devil from the hand of the enemy by the Lord our first responsibility is to say so now this is a bit of a surprise to some people some people know that when they become believers they must ask God for forgiveness they must turn towards him and follow him and listen to his voice and love him and worship him but they don't realize that one of our responsibilities is to tell other people what God has done. You and I have a responsibility. You might say to me, why do I have this responsibility? And I'm going to give you a few quick reasons. The first one is because it is powerful. It is a powerful thing when we say so. You know, in the book of James, it speaks about our tongue being a rudder like it says a ship is turned by a tiny little rudder and your tongue can turn the course of your life. When I start using my mouth to speak about what God has done, it turns the course of my life because the first person to hear my words is me. And it changes my mind. When I remind myself and I speak about what God has done, it changes my mindset. It changes my spiritual health and it sets me on a course. It then goes on in James to say that the tongue is like a little flame that can set a whole forest on fire. When we speak negative words, we can cause destruction like a fire. But 
your testimony can start a fire of faith and expectation and excitement and revival in others. You know, at the end of the book of Luke, there were two men walking on the day that Jesus rose again. They were walking to a town called Emmaus and Jesus appeared to them and helped them and showed himself to them. And they ran back to the disciples in Jerusalem and they told them what had happened to them. They recounted the testimony of how Jesus had walked on the road and revealed himself to them and explained the scriptures to them. And it says, while they were speaking, Jesus stood in the midst of them. As we speak a testimony, it lifts expectation in other people. It shows people what God can do and what God wants to do. And it brings the power of God in and people have faith and God is revealed in their lives. Your testimony is amazing. And then the, the last reason I'm going to mention now is that your testimony is unique. Nobody else has your testimony. You know, there are many things we as Christians are supposed to use our mouths for. We are told we must pray. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Not if you pray, when you pray. We use our mouths to pray. We are, you, we are supposed to use our mouths to proclaim to tell people about Jesus and say the good news. We are supposed to use our mouths to say scripture verses. Um, there's a, an amazing verse in Psalm 103 that says that angels obey the voice of the word of the Lord. In other words, angels are listening for us to give voice to the words of God because then they can start working and moving. We are supposed to proclaim. We're supposed to say scriptures. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to give thanks and praise at all times. But one of the things we are supposed to use our mouths to do, which many Christians don't realize, but it is powerful. It is essential. It is useful and helpful. We are supposed to say so when we are redeemed from the Lord. How's your testimony? You might think of a testimony and you might think I have to have this dramatic testimony where I used to be a terrible criminal or I used to be in this situation. And, and you've heard other people's testimonies and you think mine doesn't stack up to that. Mine is a normal story. Mine is not dramatic. Friends, God has given you a unique story. And if you don't say it, it will never be heard. God has something that he wants to say through you. And it's the story of how you were redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So in this psalm, he mentions four categories of people who have been redeemed and the testimony that they must give. And I'm going to go through them quickly today, the four categories. And we know that there are four categories because he ends each little section with this phrase. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. He says that four times at the end of a little section. So the first section is people who have no home and have no family. The second section is people who are prisoners and in bondage. The third is people who are sick. And the fourth is people who are in business and struggling with all the different pressures of the world. You fall into at least one of those categories, my friend. I know that these categories make it sound like you are just one of a group. But I want to say, even though you are in a category, perhaps more than one, maybe you're a wanderer or you were a wanderer needing a friend and a family and God found you. Maybe you were a prisoner in bondage. Maybe you were sick 
and distressed and afflicted, or maybe you've been in business and all the struggles of business, even though you may fit into several of those categories, your testimony is unique. Imagine you have a, I want to say a song to sing, but it's actually a story to tell. You have a story to tell that has never been told before, that has never happened before, will never happen again. It is your story. It is unique. And God says in Psalm 107, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Speak it out. Will you decide today that you're going to start speaking out your testimony? You might say to me, I don't even know where to start. I don't know how to do it. And we're going to help you and show you over the weeks to come. But let's start now by reading this first category, the wanderers. He says, uh, verse 2, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands. You know, we were in different places when the Lord found us. We were in the lands far from him. He says, From the east and from the west, from the north and the south, we were scattered we weren't with a, a group. We, we didn't have a home. Now, you might say, I have a home. I have a family. Yes, but is it your spiritual home? Is it your spiritual family? He says, they wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distress. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. And then he says his last little phrase, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. So this is the first one. I want you just first of all to notice that he has a before a during and an after part of his of this testimony he says before they wondered they were desolate they had no city to dwell in they were hungry and thirsty their soul fainted in them that's the before we need to say before i found the lord i didn't really belong i didn't have close relationships i didn't feel like i was loved like i was accepted this may be your story uh, your words will make it unique, but this is the, the general idea. And then he has a during. He says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. This is where we say how we found the Lord. Maybe you, you heard a message in a church. Maybe a friend told you. Maybe you read something, or, or somehow God reached you. I heard about a man recently. He was in the hospital, and his dad was dying. And he was so sad and he went into the little chapel in the church. He knelt down. He hadn't known God before. And he said, God, please help my dad. And if you're real, show yourself to me. And his life was turned around in that day. That's, that's the how it happened. So there's a before, there's a during. And then afterwards it says, he led them forth by the right way. We would say, since then, the Lord has been with me, leading me. I'm not wandering aimlessly anymore. Uh, that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. You know, the Bible has this theme all the way through of his people looking for the city of God, not just a physical city, not just New York or Dubai or whatever it is, but a spiritual city. It says that um, Abraham was looking for a city that had real foundations, 
built by God. And that's what we are looking for. And then in Hebrews 12, it says, we have come to the city of God, the church of God, the spirits of just men made perfect. Um, it's just a beautiful picture of the church as the city and the family of God. So that's the first category. You might say, I don't know if I have a testimony. Find a testimony that has to do with being away from God and away from his love and fellowship and how he brought you in. You were wandering aimlessly and he brought you to a place and a direction and he led you in the right paths. The second category is prisoners. Uh, I can relate to this. He says, those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death bound in affliction and irons because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought them down. He brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. Friends, I don't know what you may have been a slave to, but I found I was a slave to patterns of thinking and ways of behaving that I'd learned from my family, that I'd got myself into that were destructive, that were not helpful, that were negative. And I was copying things that my family and previous generations had done, sins and terrible things. And I was a slave to a way of thinking and a way of behaving. And Jesus came in and he set me free. He set me free. And I suddenly found I could serve him. I wasn't a slave to those things anymore. And I could go the way that God wanted me to go. The Bible says we're either a slave to God or a slave to the devil. You may think I'm not a slave to anyone, but if you try to stop sinning, you will find you can't because the devil is actually the slave master and God sets us free. And this testimony is so beautiful. There was a before we were bound in affliction and irons. There are, there are afflictions that come upon us. It's painful to be in that situation. Maybe there's an addiction in your life. Uh, whatever it is, maybe it's unhealthy relationships. You are a prisoner to something that you feel powerless to break out of. That's the before. Um, it says they fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. This is how it happened. They cried out to God, Lord, I can't save myself. Please, would you help me? He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. He's broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. Maybe you're in the second category, a prisoner. And you may have a testimony of all four categories, and it's good to have more than one testimony. What were you a slave to, and what has God set you free from? And even while I'm speaking, you may think, wow, I didn't know that maybe I'm still a slave. And I want to say to you, my friend, this is the power of testimony. God can rise faith within you and he can break through those chains today. Third category are the sick. He says, fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food. They drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their 
destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. This is sickness and affliction, and it may be physical, a physical sickness, pain, weakness, infirmity, or it may be emotional or mental, and God comes in. And it says that they um, cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I've seen it in my life, in my family's life, and in many other people's lives where we cry out to the Lord. He sends his word. You know, God has sent the Bible, which teaches us his healing will that he wants to heal, but his healing power as well. But he also sent his word, Jesus. Jesus is called the word of God. And Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sicknesses and our sins and our sorrows. And he has sent it, but we cry out to the Lord. He comes in and he delivers us from our destructions. The devil has been afflicting us and God pushes him out. Father, I pray right now for my friend who's listening, who is sick and weak and afflicted in body, in soul, or in mind right now in Jesus' name. I thank you that you send your word. You have sent your word and you set them free as they reach out to you right now in Jesus' name. Friend, do you have a testimony of this? This is the third kind of testimony you can have. It's so powerful. It's so powerful when someone shares what God has done because I've seen other people get healed just by listening. You know, the Hebrew word testimony comes from a root word that means do it again. Let me just say that again. The Hebrew word testimony comes from a root word that means do it again. And as we say testimony, God does it again. It's amazing. Your testimony is powerful. And then the fourth one is the businessman. And it says, uh, those who go down to the sea in ships who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. I've spoken to so many business people who say, I see God working every day in my employees and my customers and my finances and my opportunities and my ideas. God works in the deep of business. For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. Their soul melts because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like drunken men and are at their wits end. Many people in business or even just as employees are at their wits end. You know, God cares about your job and your testimony about your normal everyday life, your job your working life. You know, the Bible says whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we're doing it for the glory of God. Church and glorifying God is not just on a Sunday. It's all the time. And God has testimonies. But he says they're at their wits end. Have you ever been at your wits end? Maybe you ran out of money. Maybe your boss was terrible. There was a, a work problem and God did something. This is the fourth category of testimony. They were at their wits end. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble. He brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Have you had this experience? Then they are glad because they are quiet. So he guides them to the desired haven. And I've seen business people say, God has provided. 
God has opened doors miraculously. He's given me ideas and wisdom. Uh, he's just multiplied finances. He's done amazing things. He's brought the right workers. He's put me in relationship with people. He has done great things. And this is a testimony of God's goodness. And then he concludes with his little phrase again. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. And then he kind of summarizes for the next few verses. He, he repeats the same ideas. And then the last two verses, he tells us why your testimony is so powerful. So he started off by saying, let the redeemed, if you've been redeemed, bought back from the hand of the enemy, you must say so. You must say so. You must say so. Friend, have you shared your testimony with anyone? He starts with that. But then at the end, he says, verse 42, the righteous see it and rejoice. You know, other believers see it and rejoice. It is a, a cause for celebration and praise to God. When we give testimony, when we say God is good, when we just thank him for what he's done, we have to say it because it causes the righteous to see it and rejoice. Then he says, and all iniquity stops its mouth. It causes the righteous to rejoice, but it causes iniquity or evil to be silenced. Can you imagine in your workplace when people are talking about negative things and how the economy is bad and, and how everything is going down the drain and you say, you know, God has been amazing. He's provided amazingly for my child's health and he's healed them or he's done this in our finances or God is good and I trust him iniquity stops its mouth you have the power through your testimony to stop the mouth of the devil verse 43 whoever is wise will observe these things and they will understand the loving kindness of the lord those who are wise so some people are wise in that they hear a testimony and they respond by turning to the lord other people don't they will mock you even louder or they will turn away but the wise ones, when you give a testimony, someone will hear. You know, 2 Corinthians says that God uses us to spread the fragrance of his presence wherever we go. To some people, it's the fragrance of life. To others, it's the fragrance of death. But God is spreading his fragrance through us as we share, as we say so. And it says that those who are wise will observe these things. They will start to see the same things happen in their lives. Imagine the power you have in your unique testimony. Others will observe them. And it says, and they will understand the loving kindness. That's that same word, mercy, chesed, grace, the kindness of God. They will understand. And when the Bible says understand, it doesn't just mean head knowledge. It means experientially, really know the mercy of God. Friend, you have the power to do that. Use your testimony. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We at Leading Lights love you. We are here for you. We have an amazing website with resources to help you. And we are praying for you. Get in touch with us and let us know. But I'm praying right now that your tongue would be loosed to start to share the amazing stories of what God has done in your life. God bless you. Coming up now, this is Sam's story. So when I was four, I had a very strange experience with fear. And it, it was almost as if 
a door to fear had been opened in my life. Um, then when I was older, when I was about seven, the fear that I started experiencing became quite intensified to the point where um, I, I feel as though my childhood was actually quite robbed. I couldn't go play at friends' houses, I couldn't sleep over at people's houses because I was just so fearful that um, my parents were going to die. Fear was so overwhelming in my life that I would make myself sick. So if I had to travel by plane, I would get so stressed and anxious that I would faint. I would often make myself sick to the point of throwing up. And I, I just, I couldn't basically function where normal people could function completely fine. Um, then when I was about 24 years old, I had, um, it was a sozo session where someone was praying for me and she asked me um, if there was anything in this room called fear and in my mind I saw a room and it had a label at the top of it and it was it was labeled fear and it was basically chock-a-block full with just so much stuff it was it was symbolic of all this fear that I had in my life and so we spent quite a lot of time praying and I had um, an encounter with the Holy Spirit where I felt like um, he was actually renewing my mind. Um, there was a time when I was praying and we had my hand, our hands on the back of my head and I felt a sensation of heat traveling through my head and it felt as though the Holy Spirit was renewing my pathways and changing the way I actually think. And um, the more we prayed, the more I started feeling breakthrough in this area of fear in my life. And um, eventually we came back to this room and the lady asked me, is there anything left in this room? And by that point, all I could see was a man standing in the room and he was sweeping and there was just dust coming out the room. And the Holy Spirit showed me that that man was Jesus and the room called fear was completely empty. And from that moment onwards, I was completely set free from fear. Um, I remember a few days after this experience, my whole entire body felt loose. And I actually remembered asking people, is, is this how normal people feel who don't have so much stress and tension and anxiety in their bodies? I felt so relaxed as though I was floating. It felt like all my limbs were loose and separated. People in my life could see that I'd been set free from fear. I was able to do things that I wasn't able to do before. Um, even small things, like I was suddenly able to sleep at night with my bedroom windows open, which was something I was too fearful to do before. Yeah, it was 20 years of living with intense crippling fear and the Holy Spirit completely set me free from that. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.